0: Hi, folks. I do not appear to have any content warnings this week. So, yeah, let's just call it that. Woo! Right? Uh, However, I do have a cat walking across my desk, which means that, you know, animals happen.
1: Do they ever.
0: And so they may interrupt at any point for no reason whatsoever. Isn't that right, Orange Cat? And then we will add to that that... Often when this happens, we swear. Yes. Often when things that aren't pet-related happen, we swear. Honestly, it's a survival mechanism. Kinda is. So, keep that in mind as you're moving forward, and that's why we're listed as explicit. Yay. So, hey, uh, welcome to Productivity Alchemy, episode 224. It is November.
1: Oh, God, how? Why? I,
0: I know. I know. But that also means that it's getting colder out.
1: Yes, and tomorrow, in fact, I have to start moving plants into the little mini greenhouse. You
0: do, because it's when? It's supposed to freeze in like two days overnight, yeah. Wow. Uh, It also means it's hoodie weather, which means I've been changing out hoodies every day, every
1: other day, because why own so many hoodies if you only ever wear one? Truth. And um, obviously the reason is that so your girlfriend can steal them or in, your wife in this case. Yes.
0: Well, and in, in this case, yeah, um, today is my Bloody Wood hoodie day. Um, uh, you have laid claim, laid claim, not laying claim, although anyway, laid claim to the uh, both my Primus hoodie and my Alice Cooper hoodie, as is right and proper. Yes. And so now I have to protect my other hoodies. You know.
1: I also have your Primus hoodie.
0: I, th- I thought I said that. Oh,
1: no, you Primus. said Alice Cooper.
0: I, I said Primus before oh, Alice Cooper. Oh, okay. Well, if that, I mean, and that's the I'm thing. Distracted. That was like my, my heavier hoodie, the one I like to wear on the extra cold days. So it's like, oh, I guess I better pick a different one for that. And then I'm like, well, I don't need the extra heavy hoodies right now, so I'll, I'll just go through all the lighter weight ones and then I got up this morning and went outside to feed the chickens and I'm like okay because it was brisk this morning
1: it was it yeah was, it,
0: yeah it was, it was brisk. no
1: I put on a hoodie and went outside mm-hmm. and was like I'm still cold even with the hoodie what the hell
0: yeah um but the chickens don't care so
1: they're little furnaces wrapped in, in really insulation
0: are. yeah so that's good and the dog doesn't care the dog thinks this is wonderful because there are more things to smell uh, and, you know, overall, we had uh... I at least had a really productive week last week um, in and around everything else going on, which was completely derailed by a very large incident yesterday. Um,
1: yesterday or Monday?
0: Well, okay, so Monday I went to get the car inspected and it failed because of my tires. And there was a leak from basically the master bathroom that was pretty obviously the toilet so that was going to have to be addressed and then um what was the third thing that happened there was something there was a third uh,
1: 18 thing. eggs fresh eggs oh Lord. yeah
0: no i yeah um 18 and the dog and the cat oh the cat's just sort of looking like wow that was nifty and the dog is like i have won i have won everything yes so and then yeah tuesday uh basically I Logged on and at somewhere between nine and nine thirty, and pretty much immediately rolled into an incident that we then handed off to um, Asia at the end of my workday. Uh, so I was kind of crispy fried.
1: fried. Oh yeah! By the
0: end of the day yesterday, uh, but I still managed to do an interview for uh, what will be the very last episode of twenty twenty two. So I'm really excited about that. Um, I mean, I got other stuff done, uh, but, you know, today is the first day where I felt reasonably normal. I still didn't get everything done, but, uh, you know, I at least am, I, I'm at least caught up to where I should have been Monday before I got derailed. <laughs> but at least by the end of today, I was, you know, mostly caught up with where I should have been at the end of Monday. So we'll see what the rest of the week brings us. Yeah, so that that's me. Cool. how is your
1: uh, got a bunch of writing done Monday got a bunch of like you know paperwork and signing things and sending things and mailing things yesterday did more writing today I've yeah. been working on a comic that I will deny forever I am working on because right. of course you'd have to bury me in the backyard but
0: only only if it's an epic story that's going to take um, 11 years and 800 pages.
1: Well, see, the problem is, Uh I don't always know in advance. Uh The story is not completely written. Uh I'm not really sure where it's going. Uh I'm just fiddling around.
0: Just keep fiddling around, then.
1: It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Um, Yeah, so, just been doing that, kind of, and having a... Normal, nice week where stuff gets done and nothing is exploding. Please, God, let nothing explode. Aren't you the lucky one? I mean, yeah. but on—I mean, the other thing though is, I did
0: thinking about it like yesterday, in between being brain dead from the incident and the interview. I did rebuild our toilet and fix the leak.
1: You, you, you were amazing.
0: Yeah, I mean, literally, it was—I I had to basically replace every bolt, every seal, but it is it is working fine and not leaking anymore, so life is good um, there was swearing, because there's always swearing whenever you're doing plumbing yeah, so that's a thing so uh, I, yeah. I'm I'm kind of at a loss, I'm just thinking, like, you can tell my week has been derailed, because I am not like, quippy or have any uh, you know pre-ideas about what we should discuss or anything, so maybe we should go talk to uh, my interview.
1: Yes, I think that would be a yes. great idea.
0: So my interview this week is with with, blah, is with Mysterious Wit, who is a writer of articles and essays on women's sexuality and adult work, um, and it was really a fascinating talk, and I hope y'all enjoy it as much as I did. which you can now hear right after this. Here today, with Mysterious Wit, who is a writer among other things. I think all of us are sort of multifaceted, and I'm really excited to find out how she stays productive and share that with you. So, um, Mysterious, can you do a significantly better job introducing yourself than I just did and tell us about what it is you do?
2: Hi, um, my name is Mysterious Wit, and um, I write uh, articles. I write essays. Um, I write a lot of personal essays about my life and um, the sort of things that I write about, I'm very interested in women's sexuality. I'm very interested in um, adult work, women and people um, who do adult work, work in the adult industry. Um, I'm very interested about feminism, and just basically how the social, cultural, political forces, um, you know, shape the way we live our lives, especially as women, and, um, and if we have the right or don't have the right to explore and experience our sexuality in a way that I believe, um, you know, women have the right to do. Oh, so I hope that explains um, a little bit more what I do
0: <laughs> yes um, so while you're doing that how do you stay productive
2: you know staying productive um, can be difficult you know as a writer because um, it is a sedentary lifestyle <laughs> you know you're you're sitting in front of a chair and you um, you know, uh, writing, I, it's its very, very mental, but it can also be physical because of the sedentary nature of it. And because when I write, um, I get stressed sometimes, sometimes it's not, uh, you know, working out so well. Um, and so I get very stressed and, and that, um, expresses itself physically. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I have, I have really, really bad, you know, back problems and stuff like that. So it can be hard to be productive. And, um, maybe a few months ago, I made a dedicated effort to exercising again. And, mm-hmm. um, even if it's just for a half an hour a day, that has been effective, um, in making me more productive. Um, also just having a habit. I mean, I have a, uh, a writing habit. And so, you know, a practice that I do pretty much every day. And so, um, you know, they say with any sort of art or anything you do, it's, you know, 1% inspiration, 99% perspiration. So the habitual nature of what I do helps with the discipline because a lot of it is just being disciplined. It's sitting down every single morning, even if sometimes I don't feel like it, and getting the work done. So um, that is one way I stay productive. Um, One issue with me, it's it's both a good and a bad thing. I am (laughs) very creative. And I'm very much about kind of inspiration and spontaneity and wherever the creative winds are blowing. And um, recently, I've been getting more inspired to exercise the muscle of um, planning, which honestly is something I really don't like. I kind of, (laughs) even though I'm... (laughs) Yeah. Even though I'm saying that I am disciplined and this and that, I am trying to create a structure where I become much more surgical in my uh, in my goals and my planning because I'm looking to grow. So I hope yeah. that answers your question.
0: It does. It does. And I, I want to say, I think almost every writer I've talked to and every writer I know, including my wife, has that discipline of, I will have X amount of time a day where I will write. And it varies person to person. Um, some authors, it's like, I have to get up and write first thing in the morning because that's when I have all my stuff. Um, my wife has to go to a coffee shop and spend like two or three hours there to get in what she wants. Um, uh, it's it's interesting how there is so much discipline in what a lot of people think is a, a creative field, right? Oh, well, you can just write anywhere. I don't see why you have to keep us. Sca- yeah, no. Um, it's uh, it's a fascinating thing. Um, so, what uh, now that you're getting into planning? Uh, what what sort of systems and habits and and tools are you using for that?
2: Well, as I said, <laughs> it's it's a work in progress. <laughs> Um, I've been, um, I have recently become very interested, uh, with clubhouse and, um, the thing I like about it is because it is a way for me to actually, um, listen and often talk to, um, people who are just at a, at a way different level than myself. You know, they are, um, these are people who are very, very successful at what they do You know, they might not be creative, but um, they're very successful, maybe in financial planning or whatever, whatever Mm -hmm. it is Mm -hmm. they do. And, um, you know, I've just been listening to people talk about, you know, wake up in the morning, write down your goals of the day write down the goals of what you want to do what you know find out why you're doing what you want to do oh yeah so often I just kind of write these articles because it's something that I find interesting or this inspiration comes into my mind but it's like why do I want to do it so I think what that's why I said just becoming more surgical and Mm -hmm. I guess what you're talking about is you know, writing things down and trying to have a visual plan on paper. So you know, taking it out of your brain and putting it on paper. So I am in the process of beginning this journey.
0: Yeah, there's um, uh, David Allen is one of the ones I always go back to uh, when I when I think about this sort of thing and his Getting Things Done methodology um, and pretty much. Uh, paraphrasing, it's get it out of your head, get it onto paper where you can where you can pay attention to it. Right. Among among the other practices that happen with the whole David Allen getting things done practices. Um, And and I think getting it out of your brain and into something more tangible where you can look at it, where you can maybe remind yourself of it is a really important thing um, because you'll lose track, you know, no matter how. Steel trap your mind is, you will lose track.
2: (laughs) Yes, absolutely. And I think finding the way that works best for you, because um, I was married uh, to somebody who uh, was a he's a physicist. Mm-hmm. And so he was always talking about spreadsheets and stuff like that. And I'm like, I I don't do spreadsheets. Like, I, like don't I, don't sit me down in front of an Excel program. Like I'm I just I just don't like it. So I think that each person has to find uh you know which way of getting it on paper works for them. But mm-hmm. um, I think it's it's exceedingly um, important, and it is an issue that a lot of creative people like myself have where we are just not organized to that extent because we have this gift that is the gift of perception and creativity and inspiration. But it's hard for some of us to go to that next level that, say, like a financial planner or um, (laughs) somebody like that goes to because they are actually all about planning and strategy. And so I'm trying to become more strategic.
0: There's, um, uh, there's at least one writer I know, well, several writers I know, who are all about bullet journals. And um, I have one friend who is like, the passion planner is what they use. And it fits their goals and lifestyle perfectly. And, that, and so it's like a whole toolkit to help them out. Um, finding that toolkit can be difficult, though right?
2: Yes, absolutely.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. By I the, mean, especially if you're yeah. like me and I'm creative and I don't want, really want you know, <laughs> the Excel spreadsheet, as I said. Right. Right. Yeah.
0: And uh, by the way, any point in the future you, you have questions or, or need a suggestion, just, just ping me. I, I'm more than happy to, uh, to make recommendations.
2: <laughs> um, uh, I would love that. Yeah. Thank yeah. You.
0: Yeah. Um, so, uh, but and now uh, and then you have. I know you have scheduling because uh, again, writing is your primary focus, but you've got other things going on. Um, do you also use primarily a digital calendar or a paper calendar for that now? Um, you um
2: know, I do am. Anything like that? <laughs> well, uh, not to give Google any more any more you know advertising than they already get or not to allow them to rule our lives any more (laughs) than right (laughs) yeah i use a google calendar um Mm -hmm. which is helpful because i am divorced and i have two children so i'm hooked up with my ex our calendars are hooked up so we can see each other's calendars but um This reminds me, um, I am going to be printing out a paper calendar just the month so that I I need to start listing, um, you know, the goals of the day uh, on Mm -hmm. a paper calendar and just having it on my desk.
0: Yeah, that's actually something I do. I don't do daily. I do it on a weekly basis. Um, Sit down at the beginning of the week fill out, it's a, a PDF that a friend of mine and I are working on sort of designing for this exact purpose, you know, and just fill out what my appointments or whatever my goals and tasks for the week are, print it off, put it into my notebook um, so that it's always right there in front of me and it's not like I can just close this window and not look at my calendar now. It's, it's always right there so I can look and figure out where I should be or what I'm focusing on. Um,
2: That's a really think- good idea.
0: Yeah, and that's something a lot of people, when they talk really about the heavy digital tools, they don't think about is how to keep it fresh in mind, right? Um, no,
2: but, I, I completely understand, uh, mm-hmm. because that's one of the issues that I just see with our digital age in general that, um, you know, obviously it's made our lives very, very Uh, simple, but there's an uh, intangible nature to, you know, it's digital. Mm -hmm. So there is something about just the old school analog paper pencil.
0: (laughs) And I I think that was um, a big thing behind the, uh, the early, I, I don't know how far back you've seen, but like the early life hacker movements where it's like, yes, no, keep it all on paper and design your own thing, which, you know, leading into the bullet journal craze or, or, I don't think it's a fad. I think I think it is. It is now cemented purely in the realm of uh, productivity tools. But it always goes back to paper. Every even you know I'm, I'm in IT. I live and breathe by being online. That's how I get paid basically. <laughs> uh, but I always end up going back to paper for so many things.
2: Yeah. Well, if it's not broken, don't fix it. I, I don't know. I mean, I've yeah. been doing paper. <laughs> uh, you know, since, and yeah, I, you know, whenever somebody, you know, discovered the first papyrus paper or whatever they were <laughs> working on back right. in the day. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, cool. So, yeah. And although I will say the whole shared calendar thing has been possibly the best thing that's happened to calendaring in my lifetime, at least because it's so much easier to coordinate things like, yeah, when, when my my kids uh, and were younger and, you know, I had my week and my ex had her week and, you know, the back and forth, it's really handy to be able to say, oh, you know, here's the doctor's appointment, let me share that with you, or here's, you know, the school event that we both need to be at instead of just one of us, that sort of thing. Um, huge, huge difference over... Um, I guess when I was growing up and everything was paper and there was there was no none of that, so
2: yes, it's you know, yeah, no uh, digital is, <laughs> is, is is a wonderful thing, it's a yeah. wonderful thing
0: cool, so all that taken into account, um uh, do you have a a daily routine that you you follow or is there like um, some sort of deciding you make to figure out what you're going to do first on any given day?
2: Um, I wake up early. Um, mm-hmm. I'm doing my best to get up at 6 a.m. Um, during the week. But even on the weekends, I set my alarm. I mm-hmm. never set my alarm later than 8 a.m., even if I go to bed at like two o'clock in the morning. I get up early right? and um, I am a a caffeine connoisseur. So I get my caffeinated beverage and um, typically I write uh, first thing in the morning. I mean, and my favorite state is having some, I I love to edit. It's a little hard to start out something new in the morning, but I love editing my own work like fixing it first thing in the morning but yeah writing is pretty much the first thing I jump into um although yeah I mean it was the first thing I jumped into this morning and then I reminded myself like oh I have to do some social media stuff which honestly I don't really like at all but I needed to get a photo put up on Instagram (laughs) because uh it's it's ways that it's a way I'm pushing myself out there more. So, um, but yeah, I just get up early and I get to work and, and I really love writing in the morning. Mm -hmm. My, uh, my brain is fresh and I'm, and I'm ready. So that is, um, that is a discipline like seven days a week.
0: Yeah. And I, I will say the nice thing, although it's, I guess, summer break right now, but the the nice thing about doing it that early and whatever is that the craziness of being a parent has not started yet, so you have that time to do what's for you. I, I say this as someone who had you know children for twenty years.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, school has started for one of my kids, and that's why I got up at. 10, oh, I guess yeah. So I would. It's, it's
0: like it is late August, isn't it?
2: Yeah, wow. <laughs> so I would just have an hour to um, – oh. that's why I'm I'm trying to get up. My, my goal is to get up at 5.30, so I will right. have an hour and a half to um, edit some work before I have to get the kids ready, get them off to school. Oh, yeah. And then often when I'm driving um, them back from school, I will – you know, back before the pandemic, I would go to a cafe – Mm-hmm. Like you said, your wife does, but then yeah. I mean, then I just took uh, like, sometimes I just go to a parking lot and, and I work, um, I edit on my phone or sometimes I have my computer with me. Mm-hmm. Like I just mm-hmm. have to do what I, it's just getting me yep. out of the house because all the, all I'm in California, I'm in LA and, um, the cafes are open again, but they were closed for like 15 months. So oh, yeah, couldn't go yeah. sit in a cafe.
0: We were there. There was a moment um, when we saw the announcement back in June that uh, our favorite cafe, the, the coffee shop that Ursula writes in was opening back up for in person, you know, six feet apart. Keep your mask on unless you're drinking. But the, the, the quote unquote dining area was opened back up and, she, and ne- she nearly wept with joy. At, after after I,
2: I like, understand it yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah no absolutely
3: yeah
0: and, but yeah it's it's and for a lot of writers that's been the hard thing is if they they aren't if they don't have that office space that dedicated space and this is where I write at home they've had to find new ways to do it and it's it's really difficult sometimes
2: Yeah, that is another thing, just a productivity hack, is um, changing your environment. Um, My partner lives, he moved into um, a condo uh, complex that has a lot of um, shared spaces. And so a lot of times I will, when I'm over at his place, I will look at my writing, you know, at the, let's say at the kitchen table in his Mm -hmm. place. And then when I'm getting a little like uh, burnt out, then I will move to a different space. Like I'll go down a few floors of this shared space right? and I'll do some more editing. And when I kind of feel myself getting a little like, uh, uh, then I'll take a break and then I'll move to a different space, either back to the house or I'll walk to a cafe. So I found that um, changing space.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I, I, it just, yeah. I mean, they say that, uh, you know, the whole writer thing, um, a room with a view, you know, you want to have this room with the view. And I think that that holds back some writers because they're like, Oh, I can't write until I have this, you know, amazing desk and this amazing room with a view. Yeah. And I've just found like I've had to write under any circumstance. However. There is something to be said for having the room with the view, so or <laughs> the rooms with the different views, because it does inform, it, it does affect us as creative people.
0: Yeah, I mean, even even I know the difference now after several years of working from home. The like the big difference, just being able to turn my head and look out the window at the front garden, or you know, whatever's going on in the yard, like I'm literally looking outside at bees having just a a fun time in, I think that's actually bee balm, right? But it changes day to day and it's dynamic and it's always sort of refreshing to be able to say, okay, I'm going to take my mind out of this heavy focus space and I'm going to look over here for a minute and some days maybe a chicken's walking by, some days it's bees like today, but it's always, you know, you have to move your mind around a little bit Just to break those blocks.
2: Yes, sometimes just, yeah, just, uh, yeah, it's amazing how just moving our bodies can break Mm -hmm. a block, getting a different look at what's outside the window.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Or outside the cafe or on the street as you're walking from point A to point B.
2: Um, Absolutely.
0: Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Um, and then I, I guess, you know, you finish writing and then it's afternoon and evening time with the kids and so on and so forth. Those, those things I'm familiar with as well. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so, um, all right. I have, uh, I have like three more questions. And they are what I consider the fun ones. So are, are you ready for this one, for this set? At least yes. I, am, I don't know. Yeah, okay. All right. Um, so uh, first one. Um, so what is the best advice you have been given and or in addition to the best advice you would give somebody else?
2: In terms of writing or life yes. or
0: whatever it is a wide I mean, open question
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean the, two of you know these um some advice that I was given um works for life and it works for writing, and the first piece of advice well, let's see there might be three uh, but uh three pieces Fine. of advice, but let me <laughs> let me uh let me figure it out as I speak. Okay. but um distrust what oh there's so now that i'm thinking about it there's so much advice gosh there's so much great great advice I know, right? that i that i that i got but he, these are these are all related but first mm-hmm. of all um get my mind together uh First of all is um, distrust what other people say. Um, First of all, when you tell them your dream or what they or what you want to do and they say you can't do that, distrust that because they can't do it that doesn't mean you can't do it <laughs> nice. and yeah and um there's something um called gatekeepers and that mm-hmm. this is part of like the hero's journey of um you know the joseph campbell uh, hero's journey story structure for oh, fiction yeah. writers I've, I've studied uh quite a bit of that as a writer and um people are gatekeepers and they don't want you to get through the gate to the next level. So that said, when you have a piece of writing, a a work, let's say you're an artist, let's say you're a, uh, you know, whatever it is you do. Part of getting better at what we do is going through a critique process because Mm -hmm. we might think when we're young or let's say we're less experienced, we might think something we've created is amazing. And then we have to go through the critique process where we're like, Ooh, gosh, actually we learned that it's not all that good, but there is a limit to that. Again, you have mm-hmm. to distrust what people say. I got to a limit. I was very, very obedient. I really, really um, took what people say. Uh, said about my writing very seriously because I was very, very serious about becoming a better writer.
3: Mm
2: -hmm. So people would tell me this doesn't work. You need to rewrite this. Okay. I would go and rewrite it. And I would take their critique very seriously. And I had some um, people who gave me amazing critique. Then I got to a level where I had to start telling myself to distrust a lot of the critique I got because The thing is, uh, and this is one of the wonderful things about our world right now, is that Mm -hmm. it's all about niche. Um, And you don't have to be mainstream in what you do. You don't have to do something that everybody loves. So the problem is a lot of people don't understand the difference between, okay, so this piece of art is well done, but it's not for me. You know, so a lot of people mm-hmm. critique. They don't. I try to critique people. Like, let's say they have they're do, they're doing like horror writing. I don't like horror, <laughs> but I can critique you without my um, my personal taste affecting it. So mm. I guess my other piece of advice is distrust. Don't always trust what people say, um, either about your dreams. Or about your craft, um, and the net. And the third piece of advice is um, related. Where it's if you are going to be creative, you've got to form a very thick skin. A lot of people, the better you get and the more honest you start to get, a lot of people are not going to like your writing, and I'm talking about. I'm not just talking about strangers on the internet. I'm talking about your friends. I'm talking about your family. I'm talking about your partner. They are not going to to always like what you create. And at a certain point, and I'm at this point right now, I've had to make choices. I've had to say, what is more important to me? Holding on to these people who are offended by what I write or what I do. Or am I going to choose my ideas, my art, Mm
3: -hmm.
2: and my writing? And so I think there is a time when artists have to make that decision. They're like, am I going to keep trying to fit in, keep trying to make myself small so that I can have these friends who don't really like my writing or they don't really like what I do, or am I just going to say, fuck you, you know, and be (laughs) alone, be alone. So right now I am, you know, I have my partner, but everybody else, I'm like, I don't, I don't care if we ever speak again because I want to get ahead. I write um, quite a bit about sex work. And I write about Mm -hmm. my own past doing sex work. Now that offends a lot of people. A lot of people are very, very uncomfortable with that. And I have been pandering to people, protecting people, hiding my identity, making myself smaller. Oh dear, I'm so, I need to protect everybody. But I'm not getting (laughs) ahead. Right. I am getting in my own way. So I think as creative people, make a decision. Which is more important? Are you more interested in getting your art out there and finding people who actually respect your work? Or are you going to stay around these people who don't? And um, that's a very important, you know, saying. You've just got to grow a thick skin, realize people are, a lot of people are going to hate your work, whatever. And, um, and you get ahead and uh, you find more people. And, uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> they say, like, look at the five people around you and you'll know what your future is. Like, I am keeping those spaces open right now. Like, I don't want five people there right now. I want to find the new five people. And that's why I love Um, clubhouse because I am (laughs) listening and coming into contact with people who are so much more far ahead than I am. They're so much more successful. They're, they're doing their, their work, whatever it is they do on a really high level. And so I guess that is my advice, you know, which is basically find a good mentor, which is a whole other story, but anyhow, I hope that answers your question.
0: I, I, I think it does, yeah. And I, I find it interesting to, to note, now, my wife writes science fiction and fantasy, right? So it's a whole different thing. But I, I have noticed that there is, a, aside from the fact that this, the, uh, the fandom community is usually pretty open and welcoming, with some exceptions that we will not discuss here, um, but I also noticed that the writers tend to form their own peer groups, over time, not just, well, you know, so-and-so and I were writing at the same time, but, like, you can see, like, those, those bonds of, of shared experience or, or shared growth sort of forming and going and, uh, in many cases, mentoring each other without, not, not like a direct I am your mentor kind of, kind of relationship, but, um, you know, everybody seems to be, at least among all of the women writers I know, but everybody seems to be like, oh, yes, here, let's talk to you about what editors not to go to or what to look for in an agent or, uh, you know, all of that stuff, very supportive within their own community um, and, and forming those, those, those same sort of friendships and supportive relationships.
2: I agree, and I have been mm-hmm. in many writers' groups. Mm-hmm. but I'm saying there is a particular <laughs> time when you need to graduate out of them. And maybe you need right. to find a different writer's group because I've found the last writer's group I was in, um, you know, like I said, look at the five people around you. And I right. was around writers, unsuccessful writers. I'm going to, mm-hmm. I'm going to say it like that. People who are not making money from their writing. Right. Right. These people, I hate to say they, <laughs> They don't necessarily want you to make money from your writing because it's like people want people like you, you know, people want to, everybody to stay part of a pack. And sometimes you gotta be a lone wolf. I had to stop I had to stop going to any kind of writing group. I am very, very circumspect about who I let read my writing, my Partner is my editor. Um, he's very non-judgmental. He's a, he's a he doesn't do writing as a business, but he's just a really smart guy. But yeah, yeah. he, I, I always tell him, I go, I don't really care if you don't like my idea. You know, I want you to, you know, you can say something if it's like completely, like you just think something I've said is like going to rub people really, really the wrong way or whatever. I'm always open but I'm like, I don't care if you don't like my idea, please, you know, you're my line editor. I don't say right, it quite right. that mean, you know, cause yeah. <laughs> I really respect him, but it's like, you're my line editor. I don't care if you think this is crazy or gross or whatever. Yeah. This has been I, my experience. Everybody has a different one.
0: So. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it may also be that you're focusing more on true life biography. It's, it's a different tack than, um, You know, our friend who has is working on the third in her amazing space opera series or, um, you know, the other friend who writes high fantasy or because they're not they're not necessarily a writer's group. They're just writers who are friends now. Right. It's it's not a a, like if they want to critique, they send their manuscript to their editor (laughs) or their agent.
2: (laughs) So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I think that a lot of the things I write about trigger people. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's one yeah. of the reasons why I've had success, but it's triggering.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: However, you know, I do have people on um, on Medium, the platform where you found me, and yes. um, who I consider as writers who I really respect. Mm -hmm. Um, however, like I said, I'm in a place right now where I am trying to move to the next level and, um, I can, you know, respect and support, but I don't want anything getting in my way. So it's like not everybody's (laughs) interested in kind of growing, you know, some people have where, where they're comfortable and that's fine. I don't want it to affect me or like, you know. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah.
0: I think we've we've exercised that one um, and that that fascinating stuff uh, so now the next one um, and we, we, we I typically preface this as this is the sad but easy question and after that we will have the happy but difficult question so that we're ending all of the questions on sort of a happy note um, okay. so, yeah um, so how do you deal with failure or when you miss a goal
2: well, you know, this would this is kind of like <laughs> also uh can fold into that advice to give uh uh-huh. people about life. You know, it's yeah. life and it's also advice to give about uh people who are doing a creative endeavor.
3: Yeah. Get
2: used to failing. Get used to failing. You know, I um I had a big block because I grew up um in a family and I think it was a different era because my ex-husband's family was very much like this. They viewed failure as like, it, it was like a failure. I mean, it was like your right. life was over. And um, failures for me, it's like, it is just part of life. You, you go into something, you don't know what it's going to do. You don't know if you're going to be able to do it. And sometimes you can and sometimes you can't. There's nothing wrong with that. I um, I did this documentary project in my twenties, uh, which was really the reason why I started doing sex work because I needed mm-hmm. money. So I became yeah. a dominatrix. I needed money, and that um, documentary project ended up failing, and I was in debt. And everybody was like, "Oh gosh, how depressing." Well, you know what? I used what I had learned from that documentary project to. Mm-hmm. Get all these jobs. I learned all about pitching and uh, writing, um, what's the word, like proposals. And I got all these jobs because of those skills. I got other jobs. I would not have been able to get those other jobs without those skills. And when I then did this other project, um, I wrote this book while I was living in Europe. And I decided that I, I really didn't want to go down that route. Still, that gave me mm-hmm. um, skills. Like, for example, the skills of doing this podcast. I was interviewed right. quite a lot, so I know how to hold my own
3: mm-hmm.
2: um, while being interviewed. I did not know how to do that, you know, straight out of college. So I think the yeah. thing is, is get used to failure. Also, for example, on Medium. Um, well, I write two accounts on Medium. I have a vanilla yeah. account, but I had <laughs> written. I had written this autobiography about the end of my marriage. Another failure. Okay. Right. Everybody's supposed to be depressed about their divorce, whatever. So I wrote this autobiography. I was going to this writing group. Everyone hated mm-hmm. it. Or they just were always like, Ugh. I published the, I kind of rewrote those stories to be their own entity. I published them on medium. I made a, Uh, Like this first, it was supposed to be my first chapter. Everybody was always complaining about it. I Mm -hmm. knew I always trusted that it was good. I threw it up on medium. I made over $6,000 from that story. It went viral. And um, (laughs) now I've been invited, you know, uh, to do other things with medium as a result of that. So I think Mm -hmm. the thing is, get used to failing, but you're only failing if you don't take what you learned from that failure and using it to forward your life, I mean, you're going to fail. It, it is, it is life and people who are afraid of failure will never get ahead. You got to fail. You got to fail, but fail, fail better. They say,
3: <laughs> I can't
2: remember. I think that was Samuel Beck- Beckett or something like that. It was like yeah. fail big, you know, yeah. fail yeah. better. Like, uh, there was also a time on um, on Medium where I went into this thing called curation jail. It's where you're not writing things that are uh, – for Medium, you write to get curated. And if right. you don't kind of get curated after a while, they will put you in this jail, and you can't get curated, and then you're not making money. Well, I've seen people kind of throw up their arms about it. You know what I did? I got onto Medium. I scoured it for. Every single story about how to write better, how -hmm. to write things to get curated. And I got myself out of curation jail. So it's like fail better. You know, don't, don't take no for an answer. You're going to fail. And if you fail, um, it's up to you to rectify it and then use the knowledge to forward your life.
0: Yeah. The, the two, the two sayings that usually come to mind for me, uh, in context for that, um, in IT, we have a concept of failing forward.
3: Yeah.
0: Okay. Yes. Something oh, okay. is mm-hmm. yes something is broken, but let's not roll back to fix it. Let's move forward, fix it, and get that out to get the next one out the door with the fixes. Um, you know, unless it's completely catastrophic, at which point there's that's all of the discussion. And the other is the quote from uh, from Edison. Um, or at least the quote attributed to Thomas Edison that, um, you know, I have not failed 10,000 times. I have found 10,000 ways not to make a light bulb.
2: Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. Like, how are you going to know how to do it if, you know, like even my marriage failed. Well, now I learned things from that and now I'm having a better relationship. Not that, you know, divorce is an amazing thing, but it's like, whatever, we fail, you got to move on. You know, it's part of
0: it's part of life. Yeah. Yes. As someone who is on his second marriage as well, his second marriage is, you know, second giant long term relationship, as it were. Yeah. Divorce is hard, but you learn you. You have to learn from it. You can't dwell on it and and live in it for the rest of your life. And I say that knowing people who do, which is, you know, a horrible tragedy in and of itself. All right, let's have some happy talk. (laughs) Um, Do you celebrate your successes, and if so, how?
2: You know, I need to, this is something I need to work on. I really need to work on celebrating my successes more. Because as a creative person, I mean, this makes me more sad than the last question. I'm like, I have failed so many times that I'm like, all revved up about failing. I'm like, <laughs> whatever, bring it. Right. But right. Um, the thing is, um, I really need to celebrate my successes more because mm-hmm. I don't. I kind of take them for granted. I'm just like, Oh, yeah. Well, I was supposed to succeed. So let's move on. But, you know, I think it's just one of those things. I keep learning about this, you know, being grateful, like, yeah, celebrate your successes, because it's like, even as I have successes as a writer, it's like, I'll have a success one day. And then, and then the next day, it's like something awful happens. You know, like I don't, I like my views go down. I see I'm not making money. Like, uh, you know, it's like, it's Mm -hmm. just celebrate the successes. And I don't do that enough. And I think that we need to celebrate our successes. It doesn't always mean I get, uh, I get a little annoyed about bragging. I I mm-hmm. don't like when people you know, it's one of the issues about social media where people are, Look, I got this or I made this money or I did this. I I really don't do that. I think it's very distasteful. That's just me. Yeah, yeah. However, I think that within one oneself and with like one's partner or one's family, you know, it's like, yes, celebrate the successes because let's just face it, my job probably everybody's job but especially my job as a writer it's like the successes are few and far in between I mean it's like it's hard work it's a lot of drudgery it's a lot of just hitting the you know hitting the computer then printing out and hitting the paper and then inputting the changes I mean it's like there's so much work and Mm -hmm. and then there's so much like disappointment like oh that story didn't do well and oh gosh my views are down and oh, my, my pay is down. And it's like, it's so easy to focus on that and not celebrate the successes. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I, I need to do that more. I can't tell you how I do it because I don't do it very well. And let's just (laughs) say I'm trying to work on it. I'm trying to work on it.
0: Keep keep those Klondike bars in the freezer. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I don't know. I, but I, this is not, unique believe it or not a lot of people have trouble taking even that one moment to go i did a thing and then going on about their day it's, uh, i was in uh, i was an engineer for a corporate sales team for a while and the amount of time between we have finished the quarter and you have exceeded your goals and here's how much extra money you're going to get and you're terrible and you're behind on your goals And I don't care what you did last quarter. This quarter is a whole new blank slate was about five minutes. Right. And yeah, very little time in there to celebrate the fact that, you know, we had a great quarter or we made a big sale because it was all focused on next, not now. And while I believe in focusing on next and, 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 Failing forward, I think taking a moment to appreciate where you're at is really important, and not enough people do it. You are not alone, right? Um,
2: Yeah, well, we are kind of all, you know, glasses half-empty people. We just are, (laughs) and that's why there's so much gratitude, and I'm doing, like, these Mm -hmm. things where it's, you know, the mindfulness, and I'm, uh, you know, that's, that's why we need people to tell us about this, because we're, like, really don't do it very well, so...
0: Yeah, I know a couple of people who actually like just have a page in their planner or notebook for, you know, I finished a thing or maybe I had a peak day on views or, or something like that so that they can just go back and say, man, I, why am I doing And then they can go back and they can look at it, right? Uh, almost like a to-done list instead of a to-do list. Yeah. Um,
2: Yeah, I think that's really important. And just knowing that you're like in the right, on the right direction. I I cannot remember the quote, but somebody just said that recently there, you know, or like looking, I think an important thing that I do, that I do do is looking where I am this year as opposed to last year. Mm -hmm. Because even Mm -hmm. though it's like, it doesn't feel like I've grown, I'm like, whoa, I've really grown. Like I've really grown, you know, I've had more successes. I've done this. I'm I'm in a place where I'm more comfortable. I'm more confident. I'm closer to my goals. And so that's why uh, it's been this nebulous thing. I'm close to my goals. So it's like circling back to what we were talking about when we first started talking. It's like, all right, I'm close to my goals. So write those goals down so that I can really focus on them and celebrate how far I've come but close the gap to where i want to go in a more effective more productive way <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know,
0: know. Yeah. and and it's it's important to take those um, those times of reflection and again a lot of people don't even even to reflect on their day or you know sort of review their past week and, and look at what the next one is you know so focused on Um, It doesn't matter what happened yesterday. It's what I'm going to do today that's important. And it kind of, you know, you know, the whole what am I doing for myself or what have you done for me lately? uh, Attitude is is very difficult.
2: It really comes back to being grateful. You know, Mm -hmm. I've been hearing people talk about this for like 20 years and I'm just like getting to a point where I'm getting like slightly better at it. Um, I was listening to this woman uh, the other night I was in this clubhouse room and it was all Mm -hmm. about like being grateful basically. And she said that um, every night before she goes to sleep, she lists things that she, you know, she like makes up a number Mm -hmm. like 10 things. And even if it's been an awful day, she lists things that she's grateful for. And it's like, yeah, it's like life is hard. So you've got to be grateful for things
0: yeah I was going through a exercise I have a new I have a new piece of software that does a pretty good job of emulating uh, do, do you know the Franklin Covey planners from back in the day I mean they're still around
3: but yes
0: yes yeah. so I, I, I found a piece of software that is almost an exact digital recreation of it and so I was going back through the whole you know define your values and your your different roles and Uh, all of that stuff. And one of the components in it is, you know, do you want to do, uh, do you you want to take some time and, you know, do a little bit of a gratitude journaling and what time do you want to do that? So I, so it'll set up alarms and things. And it was fascinating um, just to be going through that exercise and and looking again at where I should be focusing my energy or or what my, what my overall goals are, you know, the serious goal planning and stuff like that. Um, because it's something I hadn't actually done in several years. Um, not, so, I'm i guess
2: sorry, so. this yep. was software that you found, or you were creating this software? No, it's, a,
0: it's, software, it's software I found. It's um, Mac-only. It's called Opus One. So, if you mm-hmm. have a Mac and an iPhone I or do. iPad, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's got sync across all of it, but it, it goes through that whole, what's your personal mission statement? And... Um, uh, you know, and what are, you know, how do your goals fit in with those with those values and mission and um, and, you know, the old uh, what are your what are your roles? So it's like, you know, yes, I am a, a site reliability engineer. I am a husband. I am a keeper of chickens. <laughs> I am, you know, I am a podcaster. So these are my roles and how do my roles fit with my goals, with my values, um, all that whole thing. Um, and yeah, I guess it's been a little over four years since I, I even played around with that sort of thing. Back at the beginning of uh, of this podcast, actually, um, was the last time I went through any of that. And it was it's always valuable to go back through that every so often because it changes.
2: Yeah, you know it's <laughs> it's funny when you contacted me because I would never like it's like what a what a weird topic, you know.
3: Yeah. yeah.
2: It's, it's like incredibly important. You know, it's like, th- that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm like, mm-hmm. I just want to be creative. I don't want to think about like the methodology. I was married <laughs> to a physicist who is like an engineer yeah, yeah. and he was always like, what's the methodology? What's the methodology? I'm like, I don't know. I feel inspired. I sit down, I write some stuff. So I think that, um, the methodology man of, you know, mm-hmm. productivity, it's, uh, Becoming more productive and, um, you know, in, in a healthy way, not in like yeah, capitalist yeah. way where you're just stripping people of their, you know, their worth and just making them, you know, work, work, work. But like a productive way. So we're really utilizing, you know, for those of us who mm-hmm. are super creative and curious. So we're utilizing every like minute of the day and, and just a a way better manner (laughs) it's amazing
0: and 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 being able to take it and get that laser-like focus on okay well not laser-like but you know this is my goal and now now that i've kind of defined what the goal is and what my roles are and you know how do i you know it's all about keeping them aligned and moving forward and then, you know, taking yeah. that time to say, is this actually moving me forward on any of my goals or important to any of the roles that I take on, a, a you know, as part of my life? Or is this really necessary?
2: Yeah, well, I've been hearing that quote over and over again. I guess it was like Warren Buffett or something. It's like, uh, you know, the key to success is saying No. So it's like just finding those five things that you want to do and focus on those
0: and like, yeah. yeah and and I we've talked about it on on this show many times in the past that saying no is hard um, because we all want to say yes, but figuring out figuring out the right things to say yes to versus saying yes to everything because we've got, you know, fear of missing out or just we just want to be helpful and likable is you know, it's really difficult. Saying no is yeah. difficult and knowing when to say yes versus when to say no is is also hard.
2: Yeah, it's really difficult. And so that's mm-hmm. why I, you know, I'm Doing that, like, what is my purpose? Because I, mm-hmm. you know, now I have more. As I'm like expanding my reach, I'm having more people contact me, and yeah, and it's like, all right, does this align with my goal? Does this mm-hmm. get me where I want to go, or is this just like a dead end alley, you know, of like a time suck, you know?
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, believe me, I I know, I know. Um, well, that's all the all the all the questions. That's everything.
2: Yeah, what an interesting interview. I really (laughs) appreciate it.
0: Yeah. Um, So we had talked a little bit before we started recording. Um, uh, So is there a charity you would like our listeners to support?
2: Yeah, the Downtown Women's Center, it's in downtown L.A.,
3: and Mm -hmm. it
2: is a center that helps, you know, it's not just homeless women are unhoused or that's the thing with unhoused. I mean, it's not, Mm -hmm. it's in skid row. So we see these people living on the street and we're like, oh, they're homeless. But the, the homeless issue is so much bigger than that. It's like people who are unhoused, they're living in um, hotels, they're living in their cars, they're living in a family's house. And it's like women in transition, they are able to come to this center and they can have a meal, they can shower, they can, they, there are different resources mm-hmm. and it's for women only, which, um, there aren't even, uh, children aren't even allowed because it's, a, it's a, like a whole liability issue, but
3: mm-hmm. for
2: women, um, to feel safe and, um, you know, be helped when they're at, when they're in their most vulnerable, uh, their most vulnerable situation.
0: Right. Yeah, and I think that is something that is, I think, really important because a lot of times um, women who are are vulnerable are either ignored by society or because of the patriarch the the patriarchal nature of of our society and sort of culture, it's it's sort of frowned down upon or or whatever. And I, these sorts of Charities are really important. I, I know that the... Um, I live in a small town in a mostly rural county. We're more suburban now than we were when I moved here 20 years ago. Um, but the women's center uh, here used to be literally with a sign out front on the main drive-through town where anyone could see. And, you know, it's like that. that's not healthy or safe. And it's important to provide those healthy and safe places. So, yeah, I really appreciate that. And they fixed it since then, by the way.
2: (laughs) Oh, great. You're saying that, uh, you know, I mean, the idea is not to marginalize people and be like, you can only be in this community, but you're saying it was just a bit unsafe because they were exposed and there's so much, um, Stigma, and they were just kind of in the, you know, there is stigma about having. Oh,
0: there is, there is, but but even more, you know, if say an abusive boyfriend um, was, you know, could sit outside and watch and see people come and go, yeah, yeah, it was, it was bad. It was not not uh, the greatest situation. Um, Mm. So, but yeah, anything to to improve those sorts of of those sorts of charities or services is uh, just incredibly good as far as I'm concerned, because, you know, too many vulnerable vulnerable people who who need help and not enough help. Yeah. Awesome. Where can we find you online?
2: Um,
0: If you're, if you're comfortable with that, that's fine. You know,
2: (laughs) yes, I'm comfortable with that. Um, I have a website Mm -hmm. It's mysteriouswit.com. So wit is two uh, two T's at the end. And this is just a landing page where you can find out, um, you can get the link to my articles. I write weekly um, on the platform Medium. Mm -hmm. And if you go to my website, you will find... um, a link to my social media. You can see what I look like. You can listen to my, (laughs) you can hear my little stupid little rants on, on, on Twitter. And, um, you know, you can just, uh, and you can also find the link to, uh, me on clubhouse. Um, I'm, I'm on clubhouse, uh, adding value about, uh, especially about, uh, sexuality in different rooms there. So, I, I this
0: really can need to all create clubhouse. Much. yeah, 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 um, awesome, awesome awesome yeah i keep I keep hearing about clubhouse I'm like, I really have to find the time to s- spend on it i I have an account, I have the app, um at least one um musician who I follow and and really like their stuff is constantly. Going on about clubhouse, so it's it's one of those I've been meaning to, and now now I have an excuse. So,
2: I honestly think you should start a room. You should start a room where you talk about productivity. <laughs> yeah, you help people. Yeah, in no, in, I in
0: between my day be job awesome. and recording, and yeah, no,
2: I hear you, I hear you. Um, yeah, no, I understand. It's difficult. It's difficult yeah. finding the time. Absolutely, yeah. we got to choose what we want to do.
0: Yes. Yeah, and so. Um, but maybe I should be dropping in and listening more is, is one of my things. So,
2: Yeah, try it out. It might work yeah, for you. Yeah. I think that that's the thing with social media is that we mm-hmm. all have what we like. Like, yeah. may, you know, podcasts, maybe that's for you. Like, there's certain things I don't really like. I happen to really like Medium, and I really mm-hmm. like Clubhouse. And the rest of it, you know, I'm not so into. Yeah. So it just yeah. depends on the person. Oh, so much, so much. Thank you so much. And, You're welcome.
0: Uh, you know, like I said, anytime you want to come back and, and talk, uh, please feel free. I'd love to have you on again.
2: Oh, thank you so much. Yep. Maybe I will learn some new things in the next year as as I take my own <laughs> advice. <laughs> there you go.
0: And um, and for the people at home, we will be right back after this. are back. I had a great time talking to uh, Mysterious while we were chatting, and I hope y'all enjoyed it as much as I did. So yeah, it's a lot of fun. Our word this week, our word this week is November. And you can use that word at productivityalchemy.com to... Get a badge specific to this episode. If you want to know more about badges and badge codes, which the word November is the badge code this week, you can find that at ProductivityAlchemy.com. You can. Yes. What else can we find at ProductivityAlchemy.com?
1: We can find ways to give us money, and we don't actually want you to.
0: Right. We, we, we don't need it. No, it's, we're good. Yeah, it's fine. Um, but as... Mysterious said during the interview, at the end of the interview, uh, we would like you to go out and support the Downtown um, Women's Center of L.A., which is a charity for um, unhoused and women in transition. So um, there's, it's a safe space for women who need a safe space basically or, or transitioning between things um and i i want to just dig in real quick that uh there is a big difference between um unhoused and homeless um and that a, a lot of there are a lot of people who have homes they just don't have a house or an apartment and that doesn't mean they're homeless it just means they're not in those things. So, and that's that's something that's been coming up uh, in a couple of interviews. So just, you know, uh, keep that in mind. Because um, we, also we immediately vilify. Anytime, like, we point at someone as homeless, we we have preconceptions about them. And it's not, and often there are stereotypes and wrongs. So. Yes. Yes. But I think it's very important to support uh, places for women who don't have any place else to go. Absolutely. Um, Especially if they are in major life transitions, which are often not always coming from positive places.
1: Lord, ain't that the truth. Ain't that
0: the truth, yeah. And so I'm I'm happy to support them.
1: So yes, send them money.
0: Yes, and I will put links uh, in the show notes at productivityalchemy.com. And I think that's it for the week. Um, Are you... Yeah,
1: I I don't really have much... Yeah, no. This did, week I I'm keeping on keeping on.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean you did spend a lot of your more entertaining energy uh, baiting dude bros or dune bros. This I I past was week. not
1: baiting them. They came pre-baited. I merely was extremely pleasant to them in ways that often probably infuriated them.
0: Well, then there you have it folks. That that's <laughs> that, that's really all we've done in the last week and uh, you know if that works for you, great, and if it doesn't, well do your own thing as long as you do your best to um, stay productive.
1: Whatever that looks like, yes, probably not arguing on the internet.
0: But for you, it's like a it's,
1: that's uh, more hobby time really.
0: Yeah, it's uh,
1: self-care. A
0: lot of us look at consider you arguing on Twitter to be a spectator sport at this well, point. You know. yeah it's...
1: I do my humble best. Yeah.